This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. And today we're going to be talking about, do you want a closer walk with Jesus in 2019? And listen to me, everybody is going to answer yes, but it takes decision making and follow through for anything you want to change. It takes decision making and follow through. Uh, oh, there's so much you know, personal testimony we could have to tell. But anyway, as of tomorrow night, the keys get handed to us for our new ranch. And so we're now ranchers. Amen. Amen. And the good thing about that, the Bible principles, Dave, Dave Ramsey principles type things, we almost have it paid off already from God working our life financially. We almost have the place paid for, a really beautiful place. But what I'm saying is that took a lot of decision-making and follow through on our part for the last several months to follow this thing through. And so for your life for 2019, you know, I, I like what, you know, I don't, I don't even believe in resolution. Don't, I don't go for resolutions. whole thing is God's all about decision-making. He wants us to make decisions, not resolutions. And we're going to look today how to make the right spiritual decisions and then how to follow through with those decisions. Because, you know, every fat person there is, <laughs> I'm not politically correct, you just talk. Every fat person there is always says, it's there for 31st, it's January 1st, I'm going to lose all these pounds. And then they always usually live like this. But it's the holidays, you know. It's, there's the holidays over, I'm going to lose it. And then the next thing you know, then they're saying, but you know, this is such and such a week, and we always do this on this week. And then that week ends, and then by the time about February it comes, they forgot about what they said, I'm going to lose all these pounds. And so what do they do? They go out and buy bigger clothes. Amen. Put another notch in the belt. Amen. That's the way they do it. Same thing with finances. They, they, they make financial goals, but they don't follow through. Well, I'll tell you, the most important thing you can do is to get beyond just saying, I want a closer walk with God. I'm going to follow Jesus closer, but take good notes today. Write things down. This will be on the internet later this week. And these things here today are proven things in my life. They work because they're from the Bible. And when you follow God's word, God never changes. And God is the author of success. And if you do things God's way, you'll get God's results. And so if you truly are one of these people that don't just say, I want to know God better. But in your heart, you mean it. You really want to know God better. And you're willing to follow through. I guarantee you, this time next year, you will have grown substantially spiritually. And your influence would increase. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. For open eyes today. Open hearts. And, Lord, the most important thing in my life for this ministry is your presence being strong. Lord, that as I speak, it's going to be you speaking through me. And you're going to answer questions that the people have. And even questions they didn't know they had. You're going to give them the answers. They're going to see how they need to know it. And I just want to thank you that every person that hears this this morning or hears this online, whatever it is they hear, that they're going to see what they need to do to walk closer with you. And we thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. And so if you're serious about a closer walk with Jesus, then you've got to know how to close the spiritual books on 2018. So you can start with a clean slate in the new year. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. And, I, you know, I just want to say this, that I, I, sometimes I have to say it this way because I'm not sure where people are spiritually. But I know that for me, on January 29th, 1980, I got born again. And I really got born again. I mean, when I got born again, I went from sinner to born again Christian. I went from a guy that didn't know God to somebody that found out, man, he's been alive all these years and I didn't know it. I remember when I found out that Jesus was real, that I immediately decided I was going to believe the Bible. And so the Bible teaches... That God has books he keeps. 
In the book of Daniel, I'm thinking about the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel talks about the books on, on mankind are going to be sealed to the end. The book of Revelation, he talks about the Lamb's book of life, and everybody that receives Jesus Christ, Jesus writes their names in a book. And then also in the book of Revelation, it says God has books. And said, well, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and he'll open the books on our life. He'll look at us. Amen. And so I know that for me, I learned years ago concerning those spiritual books. I look at my books. I try to examine my life. I look back at 2018, and I don't like to use this word, but 2018 sucks. But I'm not living in 2018 anymore. I'm closing that book, and I'll show you how I closed it. And I'm going to 2019, and I'm starting a fresh chapter. I want to say that again. If you want 2019 to be better, you've got to know how to close 2018. I'm going to show you. And then you've got to determine that's closed. I don't live there anymore. And then you say, I'm starting 2019. I'm writing a new book right now. I'm writing a new chapter. Here's how 2019 is. And you yourself can determine what's going to be in that book. Amen. Amen. And so Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14 says this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or to know. But then he says, but this one thing I do. The Apostle Paul said, there's one thing I do. How many know the Apostle Paul was a pretty success as far as a man of God? He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He said, there's one thing I do. Well, I know that for me, I got spiritual fathers, spiritual leaders I look up to. And if I, if a man, if I hear Dr. Barclay say, there's one thing I do, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have my pen out. I'll say, Dr. Barclay, what do you do? Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. He said, I'm not going to live in the past. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, I'm letting loose of the past. He said, I'm looking forward to the future. And you want, you want to tell you something? You can't have much joy about the future if the past has you in chains. You can't live in loser mentality and ever succeed in life. Amen. He said, I press toward the mark, or I'd say the goal, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I've let loose of the past. He said, I've got goals for the future. That's what I'm reaching for. And, you know, I just want to say this. If you don't have a goal, how are you ever going to know if you reach it? If you don't have a goal, what have you got to look forward to? you got to have goals. And we're going to talk about that in detail. Anyway, you must discipline yourself for your fill, fill in the blanks. You must discipline yourself to not focus on failures of the past. To not focus on failures of the past. That doesn't mean you ignore failures. You've got to learn from mistakes. But you can't let what you've done beat you over the head till it destroys you. But at the same time, when you've made mistakes, you've got to acknowledge mistakes. You've got to be able to deal with mistakes. You've got to be able to learn from mistakes. But if you just act like nothing ever happened, then guess what? You're going to live there. And so we just don't focus on it, though, and let it destroy us. And so anyway, you don't focus on failures of the past. You don't stay in a loser's mindset. But you must spend time in prayer and with God's help set spiritual goals for 2019. And, you know, because we're not a religious church, and what's a religious church? Well, religion, I like this definition I heard years ago, religion is all about God, but without God. A lot of religious people, Jesus, Jesus' worst enemies were the religious leaders of the day. The religious people killed Jesus, nobody else did. Religious peoples didn't like Jesus because he wasn't, let's put this one up for modern talk, he wasn't politically, politically correct for the religious system. They had things, they thought things ought to be and how they ought to go, but it wasn't what God wanted. 
And so, I'm going to say that again. We're not a religious church. We're a Bible church. And we try to do our best to walk with the Holy Spirit and try to live in line with the Word of God, knowing we're not perfect, but He is. And knowing that if there's ever a failure, it wasn't God, it was on our end. I want to say that again. We as a church leadership and you as believers should always know that if you have failure in your life, it wasn't God's plan. Somewhere along the line, either the devil got in or you missed it. Amen. And so we always, always, always want to have the idea that the Bible says it. That's God's ideal. That's the goal. We're heading that direction. And if we head the direction God spelled out in his word and in our hearts, then we're going to win. And it may not be an instant win, but somewhere along the line, things are going to break loose. Amen. And so I want to say that again, that spend time in prayer with God's help set spiritual goals for 2019. And, you know, that, that'd be things like make, make the goal yours spend less wasteful time on things that only give temporary pleasure. That's one of the biggest failures I see in Christians' lives. The things they waste their time on that gives them a boost for one day or for one hour steals their money, steals their time, and then they're back to the same old stupid, depressed, losing world the next day for that one thing they did. And I'm not at all belittling family time, fun time, and doing things. But somewhere along the way, you got to have Jesus be a part of your everyday lifestyle. And so anyway, things that temporarily give temporary pleasure, but do nothing to improve your faith in God. And things like keep a spiritual journal and calendar and monitor your church attendance and your personal Bible study time. Start monitoring how much time you actually spend reading your Bible. And, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, I'm not the smart Dave Ramsey guy. That That's a good place to put in your goals, things like that. But I know years ago as a sinner, I learned a simple way to monitor my money because money was tight. And I carried that through my Christian life and different things. I started doing things like making a chart and calculating every day years ago, even before I was saved, when I got my paycheck where every dollar went. I'd do that for two or three weeks at a time. I start to find out how come I didn't have enough at the end of the month. And then I start to find out where my money really went. It changed my spending habits. As a Christian, if you will start monitoring your time from the time you get up to the time you go to bed for about a month, and, and you know, if you spend all of a sudden, you're going to be surprised. Wow. Six hours on television a day and no Bible? You're going to say, wow, two hours on Facebook and no Bible? Wow, whatever it is you did like that, you're going to say, wow. And then you look back at your things and think, wow, I only went to church two times last month. I thought I went all the time. And when you start monitoring things and looking at things, it helps you locate where you really are. It helps you understand how come you're either closer with God because you had a good good record for what you did, or you're farther away from God because you thought, wow, man, I spent all my money time, you know, equate time with money. I've spent all my time on these other things, and I sit and look at these apps on the on my iPhone like that, and I spent six hours today looking at apps. And all I got up was nothing. And actually what you saw, well, uh, I saw rape, I saw murder, I saw hatred, I saw political fights, and I saw all that, and all I got was depressed. You know, uh, the definition of a fool is keep doing the same thing over and over and think you'll get different results. If you want something different, you got to do something different. Amen. Do it better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Amen. And so listen to this. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And the Lord gave me an example a while ago while I was worshiping. I just think about it. It's so real to me. Uh, you know, I used to have, have big gardens back in Indiana. It was a lot easier to do gardening back there than it is in the desert, I found out. Praise the Lord. But anyway, <laughs> uh, think about this. Who is a creator of seeds that you plant in the ground? Who made seeds? God made seeds. Okay. If you take a seed and you plant it in the ground, whatever's in that seed produces what it is. Amen. Amen. You plant the seed, you get the harvest. 
And if you don't plant anything, weeds come up anyway. You know, that's so amazing to me. Back where it rains all the time, weeds come up. Even in the desert where it don't rain, weeds come up. (laughs) Things come up. Well, that's like our lives. If we plant nothing, weeds are going to come up. Just dumb stuff. And I equate those with, with depression, fears, anxieties. Just dumb stuff that's in everybody's life as a sinner and even as Christians that choose not to walk close to God. But if you begin to plant seeds in your spirit from the Word of God and make right, make right decisions, right speeds, then the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 will come up. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, etc., etc. And so if you take the time, the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And so if you start planting spiritual seeds into your life more and more, you're going to have more love. You're going to notice you don't cut people off so quick to get mad at them and upset all the time. And I, I've, I've heard a lot of people asking for prayer lately about losing their temper. You know, I don't know where that's coming from. It seems like there's an epidemic trying to happen. People come through the prayer line and, and you know, if, if your listeners, what are you? I'm not talking about you necessarily. There's been at least a dozen people in the last two weeks come up. I don't know what's going on. I'm losing my temper. I just, I'm about to blow it up. I've exploded. I don't know what's going on. Well, maybe, maybe it might be spiritual causes. The spiritual always determines the natural. Good or bad. And I think about place we're buying out, you know, out here. We, we, we got 10 acres and we got lots of water because we're out there not all the California water system, the Golden State water. We got our own wells out there, lots of water rights. And so I can plant lots of stuff out there if I want to and do that kind of thing. And so if I plant nothing, I'll still have desert. If I plant things and water them out there, I'll have a different kind of crop. And so in your life, if you want a different kind of crop in your character, in your walk with Jesus, you have to plant something different. Hey, man, can you see that? Spiritual always determines the natural good or bad. And so your natural goals, such as uh, health, exercise, family goals, job goals, financial goals, will fall into place if your walk with Jesus is strong. See, this is where Christians make the mistake. And to me, this is so, so obvious to me. Christians make the mistake of living like the world. They think... If I want to lose weight, then I'm going to get just really get serious about gyms and diets and all kinds of stuff like that. And put all those first place and then put God down here if he fits in. Or they set the family goals, financial goals, and the things they want to do, career goals, education, all that kind of stuff there. But when they do that, they squeeze God out of the schedule. And then they wonder how come things didn't work like they wanted them to work. Or they wonder how come that their prayer life stinks. And they can't pray effectively. They wonder about those things. But the whole thing is, Jesus very plainly said in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these things be added unto you. And so listen to what I'm saying. I want to get this point really across. If you put your spiritual goals first, you can still have the natural goals. But put God first in it. Let Him be the first thing of getting closer to Him. You get closer to Him. You know, there's a... There, 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 there's a Bible uh, thing called grace. Anybody ever heard of grace? Grace has a lot of definitions. I like the one that God gave me years ago. Grace is God backing you up and showing up to prove it. In other words, in your finances, in your family relationships, in your business, in your career, whatever you're doing, you know, you can either do it your way and just have nothing but man, man, man's energy, flesh. You can do it God's way, put him first, and the grace will help it go easier. And I'll give the definition why God, why God gave that definition. It's so real to me. Uh, my, I come from a big family, had lots of brothers and sisters and all kinds of stuff like that. And most of my brothers, my family was kind of a uh, thug-type family, okay, let's put it that way. They, most of most of my family were fighters and really, really, really bad guys that hurt people. And I was a little kid that kind of was just kind of the guy that liked to mind my own business. And you know, if I fought, I had to fight what had to kind of protect my nose, you know. <laughs> but anyway, had this bully in our neighborhood when we were kids. 
And this kid was picking on me. And my brother was really, he was a bad dude. He was a letterman in high school, champion wrestler. And I mean, hung out with the bad, bad guys. Of really, he was really tough. And he found out this bully was picking on me. And he told me, he said, man, said, 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 no, we're going to stop this. He, he told me to walk past the guy's house and call him out. <laughs> and then he told me he'd be hiding. was in an alley. said, I'll be hiding over here behind this telephone pole by the red building. said, you call him when he gets out. said, I'll take care of him. And so Alan came out. I, we all went past him. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, but it's what happened. I, Alan, Alan. <laughs> and so Alan came running out, and when he did, my brother cleaned up the alley with him. Alan never bothered me again. But anyway, what God was telling me about the grace is this. If I would have showed up there on the promise of my brother, he didn't show up, man, Alan would have made mincemeat out of me. But the thing was, although I couldn't see my brother, because if I would have seen him, Alan would have seen him. Alan wouldn't have come out. I couldn't see him, but by faith I knew he was going to be there. And so when I showed up, and the enemy showed up, Big Brother showed up. That's the grace of God. When God tells you to step out and do something, such as apply for a job, or to do something that you haven't done before, then the grace of God is this. You show up and step out in faith that the grace shows up and carries you through it. And so that's what I'm saying about putting first things first. If you make the choice this year, I'm going to set spiritual goals first, and then somewhere on the list is going to be getting rid of the fat. Somewhere on the list is going to be doing better with my money. Somewhere on the list is going to be improving my education. Somewhere on the list is going to be I'm going to be a better parent. I'm going to be a better this, a better that, a better boss, better employee, whatever position is in life. If you put the spiritual goals first, when you show up in that role to fulfill that goal, the grace of God's going to be there. And so many times, as God gave me that example years ago, so many times when I've faced big decisions in life I've had to do, I said, Lord, I want to thank you that when I knock on that man's door, you're going to show up and back me up to prove it. I want to thank you, Lord. While I go to preach of this message you gave me, you're going to show up and back me up to prove it was you. And so I want to say that one more time to make sure you get this. I'm not just telling you a funny story about my life when I was a kid. I'm telling you right now, if you want to be closer to God for this year, if you want to see God do more in your family, your finances, your job, whatever it is, make the spiritual goals first before you start making these natural goals. And you make the spiritual goals and then do what I'm going to show you today. There's a real good, real good possibility you're going to get closer and closer to God. You're going to see so many things happen in your life. Your life is not going to be funny. Amen, amen, amen. And so anyway, FPU would be a good goal to put on there. That's a spiritual financial step. And also the uh, spiritual trainer for 30 days. Spiritual trainer for 30 days. I remember when I was in Bible school, I had a teacher named Marilyn Hickey. Did anybody ever hear Marilyn Hickey? Marilyn Hickey taught that it takes 21 days to develop a habit. And if you'll do the same thing every day for 21 days, it'll start to become second nature to you. You just do it. Well, I think about this spiritual trainer that Pastor Dave has in the church now for 30 days of somebody talking to you, fellowship with you, giving you encouragement, giving you strength. Check it up on you to see how you're doing. Do that for 30 days, and you know what? That's one month out of the year gone. You've already been on a closer journey with God, and that will carry through the rest of the year. Amen. And so just sign up back to the information booth today. Well, anyway, first things first, then. First things first. Look at 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9. You've got to close out the books of 18. We talked about that. Now, I actually want to be able to show you how to do that. 1 John 1, 9 says this. And this word, if, I've said so many times, that word, if, is a condition. Whatever God tells you, if, that God's telling you, here's what you can have, but there's a condition, you got your part. And... You know, I think about the parents, you know, that, wow, wow, whoo, 
last month, I've lived with two of my families, two of my sons, and their wives and their children. And I've heard this very principle so many times from Pastor Dave's family, from Josh's family. I've heard the if, if, if to these kids, the if, the if. If you pick up the toys, then you get the treat. If. I've heard the if you make your bed, then you get to go. If, if, if. There's a condition. Well, God says right here there's an if. There's a condition. And so God has some blessing here. But he's got to set up a qualification. If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins and to do what else? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so that's conditional about a couple things. Number one. You have to acknowledge if you've had things that really, really, really were wrong, you want to get rid of them. So God said, if you do your part, I'll do my part. He said, I want to forgive, I want to cleanse, but I can't do it if you're a spiritual con man. Uh, You know, I think about Christian cons. I think about the world. How many know that every day... Big time stars, politicians, and other people get caught doing something. And they get caught, it was somebody else's fault. Well, it was their fault. Well, somebody else caused me to do this. Well, if they hadn't done it, it wouldn't have happened. Guess what? God knows you. (laughs) That don't work with God. When you're the one that did it, when your hand's in the cookie jar... It wasn't because your brother stuck, put the stool over there to help you get up. It wasn't because mom bought all those cookies and tried to hide them. It's because you chose to do something you knew you weren't supposed to do. And so with God, to close the books on 2018, if there's things that have hindered you and plagued you and you flat out know, man, I know when I made that wrong choice. I know when I made that wrong move, and I let that thing hold me for all those months, for all that time, I did that. The repercussions are this, and I paid for it, and I paid for it, and I paid for it. God said, if we confess our sins, and you know, don't do like the world. The world is sorry because they got caught, not because they did it. And they confess because they got caught, there's no choice. But we, whether we got caught or not by anybody, the wage of sin is death. And so when something's on us, we're not sorry because we got caught. We're sorry because we did it. And when you're like that with God, God cleanses. God washes. God gives you a new slate. And got somebody tries to talk to him, but he says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see anything on that page. 2018, what? I don't see anything. What, what are you talking about? Because he said he cleanses. And, you know, I want to say this again, we're a Bible church. We either believe it or we don't. The Lord told me years and years and years ago about that verse. He said, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a Bible fact. It's a Bible fact. So you do your part. God does his part. It's called cooperation. Not only... Is God's forgiveness real, but you must forgive yourself for dumb things and bad decisions. you got to forgive yourself for dumb things and bad decisions. Determine in your heart to not repeat the same mistakes over and over again. I want to say it again. If you want something different, you got to do something different. And, uh, you know, I think about... How these principles have worked in our life and keep this in the teachable moment mode. I, I, I look at our life and I don't even like to talk about me other than the fact to help other people. Because, you know, Paul said, follow us as we follow Christ. If you're following Christ, you get Christ's results. People got blessed. People got healed. And I think about me last year, New Year's Day, at the emergency room all day. And the next day, doctors been examined me said... Uh, what do they call that? Uh, cancer was what? What's the stage? The stage four. Stage four cancer. I don't, I don't think it's not in my radar anymore. It said stage four blood cancer. And so anyway, 
treat me for that starting in January of last year. And I'm talking about forgetting those things of the past. They're gone, blood of Jesus, etc. That most of last year, if I opened up that book and saw it, I was a vegetable. There were days she had to stick food in my mouth because I couldn't move, couldn't function. And why was that? Because my blood had so much cancer, it wouldn't go to my brain. So my brain wouldn't work, and she'd feed me. that keep me going. and walk me to a chair and sit me down. Etc., etc. And that was the past. That's gone. 2018, for the Samples family, was a horrible, 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 more than a nightmare year. It was terrible. That's the past. The doctor on December 3rd said no cancer. It's gone. Amen. Amen. And see, what am I talking about? I'm talking about forgetting those things that are behind. And our goal was what? Healing to normal. That was our goal. So all year long, I did what I knew I could do as I could do it, which wasn't a whole lot. I kept my eyes on Jesus. How did I do that? I keep my eyes on his word. I couldn't really read my Bible because my mind wouldn't work. So I did what I knew to do. I would hook up my little cable to my TV set and go on YouTube. I'd watch Kenneth Hagin preaching on healing. I'd sit there and watch Kenneth Hagin preaching at nighttime. I'd lay my, lay my iPhone beside my bed with Kenneth Hagin preaching to sometimes other people. Why did I do that? I knew that was going to keep the spiritual going into me, even though if I couldn't function. My spirit man knew that, so I did that. And what's the results? This is coming to the end of the year. I'm preaching. I'm teaching. I'm prophesying. I'm doing what God called me to do. I reached my goal. And then in the midst of that attack, on August 18th, had a heart attack. I mean, the devil said, man, this cancer's not working. He's not dying from cancer. Let's throw a heart attack. So I had a heart attack. Two weeks later, the doctor said, you're totally cleared. He said, no damage. Praise the Lord. Amen. And, you know, I told you before, the doctors, I asked the doctor, I said, well, what can I do? He said, he said, go swim. He wanted to go swim. I said, you mean I can swim? He said, yeah. I said, good. I never could before. I can't wait to try that. Amen. And so what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is this. That was the last year. And then to close up the year, we get to sell our house and got a brand new place, better than we ever had before. And so what I'm saying is this. If you're living in a nightmare, the dream can come true. Amen. 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 So follow me as I follow Christ. Do what I do from the Word of God, and you get what I got, the blessing of God. So anyway, uh, if you want something different, do something different. And so our 2018 is closed. 2019 starting with a brand new place. Matter of fact, New Year's Day is our first day in it. So New Year's Day, we're in a brand new place, best we've ever had. Got my health. Amen. Got my health. And that wasn't 2018, so I'm not looking back. I'm going forward. And so whatever your 2018 is, don't look back. If there's things you got to remember so you don't do them again, do that. But don't look back. And so years ago, Jesus gave me three steps to accomplish things. Three steps to accomplish things. And I really want you to pay close attention because this is what you'll do in writing your new books if you want different results. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 19 and 20. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. And, you know, what, what are my prayers in my, in my ministry life is to be like Jesus in how I teach the Word of God. I always want to teach the Word of God to make it so simple that, that a, a, a sixth grade dropout can understand it. Or a super duper college professor can understand it. I always want to teach it so simple and not so deep that people even say, wow, he's deep. He's deep. And then you ask them, well, what'd you get out of it? I'll never forget it. Back in Indiana, when I first started pastoring, my music minister and some of my people, I was a brand new pastor, went to Indianapolis to see a, some super duper spiritual teacher. And they was out there till late at night and come in all foggy minded and stuff like that the next day and uh said, Pastor, we went to see such and such last night. I said, Wow. I said, Good. 
I said, what did he teach on? They said, oh, he was deep. And I said, well, what was it about? Well, he was deep. And I said, well, what did you learn? I don't know, it's so deep, I didn't get anything. That's a true story. It's not a joke. And so I never want to be like that, that while you're in here, I come up with all kinds of things and give you all kinds of things. Well, well, and you leave here, the baby's still sick. You leave here, you still don't have a job. You leave here, you still don't know what to do about the problems you're facing. When you leave here, I want you to know how to take what I taught you and apply it to your life so you get the answers and results that Jesus said you should have. Hey, man, that's what I want to do. So this is what he taught me years ago from Proverbs 3, three steps to accomplish things, verse 19 and 20. Now look at this. This talk, this talk about God said, the Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. That's talking about creation and God making everything that we see and that we experience. And so in my Bible, I underlined wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. I underlined those three things. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And the way the Lord taught that to me was this. Number one, get the plan. That's the wisdom of God. Get the plan. And I've learned that, that whatever, whatever you're studying the Bible and you see the word wisdom, if you'll just substitute the word plan, you'll understand it. How many know that James chapter 1 verse 5 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Well, in other words, if you're wanting to get a job and you're asking for God's wisdom on the job, what you're saying really is, God, give me the plan. What's the plan? If you're wanting to build something, you want to put something together, do something, and you need wisdom, you need the plan. And so for 2019, you need the wisdom of God for your life, which is you need the plan of God for your life. You need to know, depends on what your status is in life, if you're a single person and you've had it with being single, and you sincerely and bonafide, bonafidely want a godly mate that God has set up for you, you need to ask God. You need to say, Lord, I asked you for your wisdom for my, I don't know what you call it, family life this year, whatever you want to call it, for your plan. Because number one thing is you got to have the wisdom of God about where to be and what to be doing for God to send you that mate. you got to know that. If you want out of debt in 2019, you need, number one, have the wisdom. Lord, I ask for your wisdom how to get out of debt this year. And what you're saying is, God, I ask you for your plan how to get out of debt this year. And so the number one thing to accomplish anything is you got to have a plan. You know, I think about uh, back, back in Indiana, probably 40-some years ago, I knew this guy that... Uh, you know, we don't really have hillbillies out here. I mean, real hillbillies. We had real hillbillies there. We were from Kentucky, Tennessee, Indiana area out there. We had, I mean, real hillbillies. I mean, if you've never been around real hillbillies, you don't want to, I mean, real hillbillies. And I remember this real hillbilly I, I knew. Matter of fact, you know, he dug coal out of his backyard. And he built his house. And I remember he bragged at him, all his family bragged on his house. But he built his house without a blueprint without any plans. He sawed his own boards, put his own thing together, and they all thought it was a beautiful house. But it wasn't like somebody that would go out and have plans and had real tools at real levels, had sawed boards straight, and had things fitting good like that. And so this guy didn't have a plan. He just put it together. And they loved it. And nobody knew how goofy it looked except, you know, people that, <laughs> that wasn't them. If you said the family, it wasn't goofy, you're so proud of him. But if you wanted the family, you looked at it, you could immediately see how dumb it was. Well, that's how lives are without a plan. 
You know, when you're a person that just lives by the principle, which isn't a principle, just, well, whatever happens, happens, you know. Can't control anything. Anyway, the man upstairs, he pulls the strings. You know, he can't do anything. Man upstairs, you know, uh, he pulls the strings. Whatever happens, happens. If that's the way you live, whatever happens is going to happen. <laughs> but if you ask God, why would God ask you to ask him for wisdom if he didn't want to give it? And why would Jeremiah 29, which is a verse we quote all the time, this church 11 say, God said, I know the plans I have for you. He said, plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future to hope. Jesus said, your father knows what you have need of before you ask. He said, but ask. And so God, number one, wants us to ask him, what is your plan for my family for this year? What is your plan for this, that, etc.? But we're talking about spiritual right now. And so if your heart's desire is to get closer to God, closer to Jesus in 2019, that you've got to ask him for the plan, for the wisdom. And so it says that God, by wisdom, hath founded the earth. In other words, God didn't just all of a sudden one day do the big bang. Well, they call it the big bang theory, where all of a sudden, man, just boom, here it happened. No, God had a plan before he made the earth. And you know, something that, uh, I don't know, this probably just dumb, and I know you're smarter than I am about science and stuff, so something that maybe you can understand. This had nothing to do with anything. I'm just thinking out loud right now. <laughs> just do that sometimes, you know, you just think out loud. But I've been around the world some in some other places, and I still don't understand how gravity works if the world's spinning around, and right now the people in China, why aren't they upside down and falling? <laughs> and, you know, then when we spin the other way, and China's on top. How come we're not upside down? We're falling. But I think about God. I mean, I've thought about that. I think about God, how cool he is. That God, with his plan, can make this earth with everything that he's done. And make it work like it works. And God had a plan and God did it because he's God. So if God can do those things, and we ask him for his wisdom, his plan for our life, even if our life is goofy and upside down, God can turn his right side up. Amen. Anyway, so wisdom, number one, you need to get the plan, or also you can say the goal. And, you know, I think about if you, if anybody ever planned on building a, building a house this year, if you ever built a house, usually you go to some architect or somebody has plans for houses. And you look at the different plans and you see the kind of house you want. And so that's your goal. My goal is I want this house. And so the number two thing then is the understanding is you need to find out the steps to accomplish the plan. You need to find out the steps to accomplish the plan. I'm talking about 2019. And so because we're talking about getting closer to Jesus, you need to find out and develop a plan. You need to get a plan from God what to do. And then you need to find out the steps of action to take the plan. And it says, God, by wisdom, founded the earth by understanding, he established it. He had steps. He understood what he wanted to do. He had the plan. I want earth. I want people. And then it says, by understanding, he knew what to do. And so, in our lives, we're going to get closer to Jesus. You know, I think about this. How would this work for the plan if you just don't just, I want to get closer to Jesus. And so... We have a season pass for Disney, so every Sunday we'll go to Disney. Would that be a good plan to have you want to get closer to Jesus? Amen. But what's the matter with Saturday? You know, if you want to get closer to Disney, why don't you go on Saturday? And save Sunday for God. You know, I'm talking about things you write down, steps of action. I want to get closer to Jesus. You write down things like, the men's bees coming. January the 5th. And I'm not just coming for that uh, omelet that uh, Jesse Montenegro is going to make. But I'm coming for the Word of God. I'm coming for the fellowship. Uh, iron shoppers iron. I want to be around I want to be around people like, like Raul. He's, he's going to encourage me and help me. You know, we got so many guys in this church that have Jesus in them in a strong way. I think about Dave. Dave's taught that before. He always has something to say. Think about Mike Van Ort. There's so many people come to these men's meetings 
that it's not just the pastor or one of the leaders that's teaching. A lot of the guys teach there. We do a lot of things there. But the reason being, we go to the men's meeting because we want to be better men. We go to the men's meeting because we want to be stronger. And we go to the men's meeting because we want answers of life. And the wisdom of God through these men there is just so powerful. And so if I were a man and I had put that uh, in my Facebook post that I want more God this year, which I've seen people doing, and things like that, that I would get steps of action, get closer. I'd mark my calendar every month. The church would never have to announce again to me for 12 months. They'd never have to say again, first Saturday of every month, men's meeting. I would look at my calendar because that's part of my plan this year. That's one of my steps of action. I've reserved it the first Saturday morning at 9 o'clock of every month. I'm going to go to church with that men's meeting. I want to be there. Nobody would have to call me. Nobody would have to send me text messages. Nobody would have to say, hey, I'll pick you up if, if you'll just come to the men's meeting. I'd say, hey, man, I want to go and take the men's. I can't. Can I pick you up? Amen. And then, you know, other things we're doing, I would do what, what I always do. For important things at the start of the year, I get a calendar and I write things down. I love a little calendar book I carry. Of course, I know people have the technical things they do now, but I still like to write it and look at it. And I look at my book every week. I look at it every day and I see what's on my agenda. If I see a big event coming up on the second week of February because I keep looking and watching, I start thinking about my time. And then somebody calls me and says, hey, man, we want to go down and do such and such, such and such. And I know there's a lot of sin involved, stuff like that. You're a Christian, but you want to have fun? And I look at that guy and say, wait a minute. That's the week that so-and-so speakers at our church, and I know they specialize in family relationships. And so that second week of February, this is not happening, I'm just making it up. And so the second week of February already says, and my family's been going through crisis. I don't know if me and my wife can make another month. I don't know what I'm going to do about my teenage daughter. I just, I'm having so much problems. And they're going to be teaching on parenting the second week of February. And then the devil sends a decoy and tells you, hey, man, we're going to go to such and such. We're going to be doing this. And you've already got your plan. That's called a step of action. That's, that's called a choice. You make a choice. I either go hang out with the boozers and the dopers and the fornicators. Or I can go to church to a seminar and maybe save my family. Or maybe stop my daughter from making the same dumb mistake I did when I was her age. Now, I tell you what, I should have heard amens all over the church on that one. Amen. How many want your kids to make the same dumb mistakes you made? We don't want that. And so we can make choices, choices now to avoid that. And then number three, we take the steps. It says, by his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds do drop their dew. And so God not only had a plan, he had the steps, but then he activated it. He did something about it. So that's called wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Get the plan, find out the steps, take the steps. Determine in your heart that you will consistently. Everybody say consistently. That was really weak. Some of you are backsliding already. 2019 is not even here. You know, some of you couldn't say that. That is terrible. Say consistently. Amen. Consistently check up on yourself to see if your actions are taking you in the direction that you want to go for your life. You've got to consistently monitor yourself. Nobody can monitor you but you. Yeah, you can have a spiritual trainer work with you for a while. But if you don't check up on yourself, it makes no difference what anybody else says or does. You've got to monitor yourself. And so if you mess up or fall back, go to 1 John 1, 9, receive forgiveness And then start back up. Now, we're going to be looking at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. But I want to say this as you turn there. I'll give you time because that's not a really familiar book. But James 4, 8 says this, that when you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. How many know that? You reach out to God, that God's going to answer God is going to help you when you reach out to Him. He's wanting to help all the time anyway, but it takes two. You know, I think about, uh, yeah, how many here? Oh, wow, this, I never saw this example before. This is good. Used to be nobody had any caller idea to know who was called, idea to know who was called or anything. But how many here 
and be honest. Sometimes your phone rings, you look and see the name, and you ignore it. I don't want to talk to them. You know, it might be somebody goes to church with you even. So I just don't want to talk to them. How many know sometimes you don't want to talk to them because there might be conviction when you talk to them? You know, it's somebody that's always full of Jesus, full of bubbly, and maybe you're doing things, thinking things, etc. You don't really want to talk about right now. And so I'm going to ignore that. Well, just think about that. This Jesus said, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If any man answers, I'll come in and fellowship with you. I'll sup with you. And so we in our lives have to know that God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, every day they're calling. But like caller ID, sometimes we like what we're doing so much better, we don't want to answer. You'll say, I'm going to ignore that. Well, let, well, okay. No, I'm going to ignore that right now and hope he goes away. You know, you're... Thoughts may not think those exact words, but sometimes your life, you're too busy for God. You're too busy and you think, I'm just going to ignore this today. Well, James 4, 8 says, you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. And so in wrapping this up, as we look at Habakkuk, the Holy Spirit, through the prophet Habakkuk, explained this principle better than I can. And so I love this passage right here, these first four verses. I just want to look at these, and if you could model your life around these verses and do your best to do the instructions in these verses, I promise you, by the year 2020, on January the 1st, you'll have grown leaps and bounds. People will be calling your prayer line. Instead, you call on their prayer line. People are going to call you, they're going to say, will you pray for me? People are going to call you and say, will you come to the hospital? And pray for this relative. Will you come over and talk to my daughter? Hey, have you, have, you got, have you got a few minutes to sit down and talk with us? Because when people see Christ in you, get to be Christ in you, then they trust you and know you have answers. So if you do these things and you really want to get closer to Jesus, then you're going to see it happen. So verse 1 says this. I will stand upon my watch. Well, let's just say that this way. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, go to your prayer closet. So the prophet said, I'm going to go to my prayer closet and set me upon the tower, get a position of prayer, and will watch to see. Remember Jesus said, watch and pray? He said, watch and see what he will say unto me. That sounds to me like somebody's expecting God to talk to him. Watch and see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Well, when God reproves you, that means he's proving you over again. And also... I like to say it this way, when God reproves you, you get improved. You get reproved to improve. And so it says, I'm going to go to my prayer closet and pray, and I'm going to expect God to talk to me. And so with your heart and your Bible open, find a quiet place and get alone with God and ask what his plans are for you in 2019. And then listen in your heart. Listen in your heart expect to know uh, by that still small voice, the inner witness, what God wants you to do. Let me, tell, let me tell you what I've seen happen in so many people's lives when it comes to this kind of praying. As soon as God begins giving them an inkling of something to change, immediately their mind kicks in. And they think, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. So when you go to your prayer closet, and God begins to talk to your heart. You listen with the heart. And you don't let the head tell you, well, we can't do that because of this. We can't do that because of this. Well, no, if, 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 if I do that, I'd have to give this up. I might have to give up one of my 16 nights a week of practicing for the soul team. You know, whatever it is. You know, I might have to lay down one night of the sports God to have one night of commitment to God. And so when God begins to speak to your heart, that's what the prophet said. I'm going to watch to see what I'll say, how I'm going to answer him. How are you going to answer God if you set aside time to talk to him about 2019? What are you going to answer to him when God says, okay, I'm going to take you at your word. You want to get closer to me? And you know, the church right now said they need somebody to help them in this area. Or this organization said they need somebody to volunteer 
one day a month to help do this. Well, I can't do that. That's my so-and-so day. Well, do you want to get closer to God or not? You know, I, and I, I think about this. When my son David got leukemia, I never saw any basketball I could lay on him and get him healed. I never saw any football that I could bow to had that football break him up off that deathbed. But I saw a Lord named Jesus that could. And I already said, Jesus, or he'd already been my Lord. I said, Jesus, I want to thank you. As I look at my little boy over there crippled with leukemia. I just want to thank you, Jesus. You said, lay my hand on him. You heal him. I want to thank you, Jesus. I just said, well, wait a minute. Indiana Pacers are playing. Oh, I want to go see the Pacers. I, I don't miss my, I don't let miss my Pacers games. Pacers never did anything for me, for my spiritual life. Pacers never got any demons off my family. <laughs> wow. Man. Glory to God. <laughs> and so with your heart, with your heart, get quiet before God and expect answers. Then verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. And the vision here is our goal. It says, Write out what God shows you is the plan. And make it plain upon tables or tablets that he may run that readeth it. And we're seeing the principles again. And so you need to buy a notebook or a journal and write down what God puts in your heart. Write down what God puts in your heart. I know that I've kept a spiritual journey for man, almost all my Christian life. And it surprises me. When I review my journey, my journal during the year, the things God said to me that I forgot about. I thought, oh yeah. And I go back and finish it. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And I go back and do it. So when God talks to you, write it down. I learned off Lester Summerall years and years ago. I always, 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 always keep a little notebook and pen in my pocket. Always. I keep one beside my bed. Why is that? I learned this, that in the middle of the night, a lot of times, God will begin to speak to your heart while you're sleeping. And you'll try to remember it. And if you don't write it down, you'll wake up in the morning time and say, wait a minute. What was that? I can't remember. What was that? And so I always keep notebook, pad, something around. So if God says something, I just wake up real quick. I jot it down. And I might write down. I know I spoke made a verse alive to me. I might make a quick note. Quick note. I'll write that Bible verse down. And then I said, Lord, help me go back to sleep now and get up when I'm fresh. I want to read that and see that. And so God says right here that, number one, when he shows it to you, write it down. And so get the plan, then write it down. And then notice verse 3. It says that, that, well, verse 2 says that he may run that readeth it. That's talking about the actions. And so be obedient and do Oh, man, there's that nasty word again. Do consistently what God has you write down. Do consistently what God has you write down. If you, want, if you make a commitment to God that, Lord, I'm going to come every Wednesday night this year that I can. I'm going to come. Then you mark your counter consistently midweek. Come to that practice. And, you know, if you were working out your physical body and they told you you got practice every Thursday night, you go to practice every Thursday night to work out, wouldn't you? Well, if you're going to tell God, I want to work out spiritually every Wednesday night, then you mark your calendar and consistently come every Wednesday night. That's that 21-day thing again to develop that habit. That habit. And then verse 3 says, The vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry away for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And so as you get the plan from God, as you write it down, as you monitor yourself, as you take the steps, your goal for 2019 will come to pass. It will come to pass. You keep taking the steps in the plan as you see your walk with Jesus greatly improve in 2019. Verse 14 wraps it up. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his forts. The just shall live by how much money he has in the bank. 
The just shall live by how many degrees they get. The just shall live by how much bigger and better their houses are. How newer their cars are. The just shall live by what? By his faith. His faith in God. So this is the key of victorious Christian life. Find out what God wants you to do. Discipline yourself to do it. And then God says, that's how you live, by faith. You live by faith in him. Amen. Amen. Well, I sure pray that something got off in you to spark you, to inspire you, that you're going to do something to better yourself as a Christian this year. And when you do, I promise you, your finances are going to be better. Your health's going to be better. Your family's going to be better. Your job's going to be better. Because you put God first, God shows up everywhere you go. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.